Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help, and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, I know you're a fan of the Olympics, and uh, we're a little mm-hmm. bit out of the season right now, but as, right. It, uh, as uh, we were talking earlier about sports and uh, those kind of things, that uh, there, how, how in the world... And when you see the Olympics, it's when it's really on stage mm-hmm. and when they they just want to shine and do their absolute best. How in the world do, do they do some of these incredible feats that they perform at the Olympics? Do you have a favorite sport where it's it's exactly what you described? How do they do that? Yeah, I do actually. I've just really in the last, I don't know, uh, half a year maybe started looking at watching Australian rugby. I really, really have gotten into that. <laughs> And, uh, and that is amazing to me. That's rough. That's rugged. <laughs> yes. It's fun <laughs> well, to watch. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I could sit and watch nonstop Olympics. I haven't done that like that, but early on I, I would be mesmerized. Um, and it was literally, well, that seems impossible. Like, I love um, figure skating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about these leaps, um, you know, with four revolutions, in yes. other words, four 360-degree revolutions, or, or gymnast doing, I, I, I cannot imagine doing oh, a series incredible. of backflips yes. on top of this narrow balance beam, and, and I just go, that just, it seems... Uh, impossible, you know, but you know, really, the answer isn't rocket science. It is. Some people are going to be disappointed. It's practice, <laughs> practice, practice, yeah. practice, hmm. practice, and and it's developing the habit of doing the action over and over and over again until it feels natural, until it can be done. In essence, uh, without thinking, you just do it. Um, I did not like going in at uh, my home um, until I had to at the last minute because things could be very unpredictable and very painful at at my home, and uh, I and I knew we had to be at exactly six o'clock inside, and so. I would be able to drive home, but I would try not to go in because I didn't know if World War III was going to be going on on the mm-hmm. inside of my home. And I just remember I would just shoot baskets. And they, it wasn't even regulation height. It was just against a, uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, at the back of our house. And it was, it was a lower distance than what should be regulation. Mm-hmm. And yet, I just, I would do layups, you know, where you you dribble and then mm-hmm. you do a, a layup, meaning uh, you hit the backboard with your your ba- basketball. I'm trying to describe what maybe some people wouldn't know what a layup would be. That could sound very sexual, but it's not. <laughs> uh, my, my point, though, is it ended up, not being hard for me to make a varsity team because I was used to 
doing it. Um, but the motive wasn't to be an athlete. It was just to avoid um, contact with dad or just or not wanting to be inside where there could be yelling and mm. things of that nature. Yes. Um, I, I actually, uh, there, there's one sport that I got, became interested in, but not doing it. It was the biathlon. Um, by meaning two, and uh, athlon is really the the word contest, uh, but it's two uh, events in the the uh, Olympics, uh, two at one uh, in in the same sport, and um, in other words, it's cross country skiing and then rifle sharpshooting. Mm-hmm. One is aerobic, requiring speed, strength, and stamina. The other is stationary, requiring stillness, uh, keen sight, and steady hands. And that's after you're racing as fast as you can, you know, with the cross country. Um, uh, uh, These carefully honed skills are de- were developed by the Scandinavians in hunting and winter warfare. And that led to the inauguration of this skiing shooting sport in the 1960 Winter Olympics. And what was fascinating, uh, this training for the biathlon could be treacherous. Uh, particularly because of the hazardous effect of staying outdoors in continuously cold weather. Therefore, specialized physical conditioning would be absolutely mandatory. And um, at some point, I want to tell what I call the rest of the story. Um, not my my creative wording, but uh, this 31-year-old policeman from Norway developed a highly productive habit to prepare him for the 1968 Winter Olympics and he uh, well his discipline of fitness uh, got the world's attention Um, whenever I can I'm going to come back and tell how was that done but my point is things you think you cannot do if you practice it over and over Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life. June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. 
we are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we want to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If uh, you'd like to get in touch with our customer support team and talk about resources that would be helpful to you, just do that at 800-488-HOPE. That's their phone number. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and they'd be happy to uh, talk with you and uh, just assess what might be the best resources for you or maybe someone as you help others to uh, to get into biblical truth and uh, get practical help for their situation. So uh, we want to recommend the Keys for Living called Friendship, Iron Sharpening Iron. And uh, that is one of many titles that you could get uh, from customer support. Just order from them and they'll get those resources to you as soon as possible. Their number again, 800 800- 488-H-O-P-E. That's 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, call us at 800-NIGHT-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, just leave a detailed message for us so we can get back to you and uh, talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night and that number again, 800-917-800-644-4817. Let's get to our caller for tonight. We have listening online from Arizona. Tonight we have Jim. Hello, Jim. Welcome to Hope. Thank you so much, uh, June, for taking You're my welcome. call. Well, happy to talk with you. How can we help you? Well, uh, first off, you know, uh, this is really hard for me to admit, and uh, I, I believe I have uh, an issue with uh, codependency. Um, uh, I've had a, a lot of really close friends, uh, friendship that um, somehow ended because I have like a, a pattern of, you know, codependency and control. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I get closer to, you know, my friends, I tend to control every aspect of their life, you know, because I, I was willing to help them. I, I was really, you know, like, sacrificially help them. Mm-hmm. And then I get satisfaction from such help. You know, like, I have kind of like a, a savior complex or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, I've noticed that I have, like, uh, about five really close uh, friendships that, didn't end well because of this cycle, because of this pattern that 
keeps on repeating and repeating. So I believe I have a problem with uh, codependency. Mm-hmm. How do you know that word? A lot of people are not familiar with that word, and it can yeah. be a man or a woman, either way. Uh, it's not gender-specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, or why, why don't you give me... Uh, how would you describe what codependency is? Um, codependency is kind of like, um, you know, you build a relationship with a person who needed help. Uh, at first, you know, like you're trying to help them, mm-hmm. but then at the end, you kind of seem like trapped in that kind of relationship. Like they constantly need you. And then mm. uh, you feel superior and you feel like uh, you're happy. You know, you're, you're, you're getting um, satisfaction from helping them. But then when the help ends, I mean, like, you don't want uh, them to really stand on their feet because uh, you want them to need you. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and sometimes I feel like, you know, once there are no problems anymore, I feel like useless. So sometimes, you know, like, I mean, like, uh, I try to provide for uh, their needs to show that I'm, I'm willing to help them. I don't know if I get it right. You know, that's very, you've, you have given a good description and... Uh, again, most people are not even aware of the term. It's it it really that that word codependence has not been around for like a, a hundred years or two hundred or five hundred. Uh, it first came into existence in not the nineteen seventies to describe a family member living with someone dependent on alcohol. It started out with alcoholism. And the the CO, meaning the prefix CO for co-dependency, means with, the one associated with another. And so codependent people are those who are actually dependent on another person to the point of being controlled or manipulated by that person can go that direction. Um, But it basically describes the dysfunctional behavior of, it started out like a family member seeking to adapt to the destructive behavior of the alcoholic. Now, in relationships, um, it can become a relationship addiction just as the alcohol is dependent on the alcohol, the codependent is dependent on being needed by the alcoholic or someone who's problematic. And and therein, and, and you're right, it does feel good to help others. It does give a sense of satisfaction to help someone else. But this is where we have to be so aware that our identity is not in being the one who has helped a person 
become much better from here to there, you know. In fact, I never will forget when I was first, uh, years ago, learning about codependency, the thing that most surprised me was this one thing, and that is, let's say here is the classic situation. Here's an alcoholic, and here is the one living with the alcoholic, whether it's the husband, the wife, or whatever. But the point is, once the alcoholic is no longer dependent on alcohol, meaning has now uh, had victory and has had a changed life, a changed dependency, isn't um, living as, as an alcoholic anymore, uh, that's when the divorce occurs in a, in a family. And I thought, what? Wait a minute. No, that, I mean, I, I remember the first time I heard that, I thought, but it, it, like, it blew up the relationship because, let's make it a wife, a wife who has been trying to juggle the children and the needs and the everything and because her husband's the alcoholic. Well, she's so used to doing that, being, I'm going to use the term, the savior, because he's got, he's the dependent one on alcohol or whatever drug of choice or on uh, any pattern of behavior such as gambling, you know, whatever the the wrong um, addiction is. Well, once, if, if he gets straightened out, let's say he has a true spiritual change in his life, and now he's whole, and well, here the wife thinks, what happened to my job? I, I, I feel useless. I, I don't know what to do, because I'm not needed anymore. Now, what's true, that doesn't mean in truth that she's not needed he needs a healthy, a healthy wife. Or if it's a friendship, we need healthy friendships. And, it, you know, I think of it, um, there's an old song that Barbara Streisand sang. It's a people, people who need people. And it goes on to say, are the luckiest people in the world. And I used to think about that. It's a, it's a great song. And then later I thought, you know, there's something wrong with that. Instead of being just needed, we want better if we are wanted. I want a friendship with you, not just because of what I can do for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there is a delight it's true, there is satisfaction in helping others, but that's very different than a healthy, if it's in friendship, a healthy male-to-male friendship, a healthy uh, give-and-take, a, a wonderful uh, type of iron 
I think of the scripture that says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's better what we need to be. And thus not having strings attached. If you love me, if you really love me, you would do X, Y, Z. I I find it very important to have an open hand and to hold people with an open hand. Meaning, I I can have a preference. I can promise you. I can have a preference. I wish they would do da-da-da. But if they choose to do something else, I need to accept that and not... Uh, th- think about a butterfly. At times, a butterfly is just beautiful. I mean, I think butterflies are magnificent little creatures. They're, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah. But the tendency for us as human beings is we can close our fingers. If that butterfly lands on your palm, the palm of your hand, then for you to, for for us to try to hold that butterfly, not let that butterfly fly away, we can smother, we can kill the butterfly. And we can hurt relationships that we so want but I think we have to have boundaries for ourselves to not do that which stifles another person and or makes them feel obligated oh well I can't do this with so and so because don't you know it'll hurt his fam- his feelings or um, it, it is a it's a tricky but very important, a tricky probably is the wrong word. It is, it's a discipline that we need to have to have healthy relationships. Does that address to a degree some of what you're thinking about? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, we'll let's talk about what has been a challenge. You know, what, what would your desire be in, and I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about in healthy relationships. Now, this can be toward males or females. So, but you tell me, what is your true situation? What is your desire? And then we'll turn the corner on what what is God's plan for us? Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, 
We want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get back to our caller in a moment. If you have any questions or concerns about the topic of codependency, call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. And they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They can help you access the appropriate resources, such as the Keys for Living called Codependency, Balancing an Unbalanced Relationship. And their number again, 800 488 4673. That's 800 488 HOPE. And you may also email them if that's more convenient for you at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Ask any questions you have regarding topics and resources discussed in tonight's program. Again, that's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Now back to our conversation with Jim. Well, my friend, um, I'm just wanting to know how did you learn about codependency? Uh, I've been researching about this because, you know, in my past uh, friendships, it, I'm like, there seemed to be a pattern. Mm-hmm. Like, we always end up, our, our friendship, you know, didn't end well because uh, I have like, I mean, like, I tend to draw my emotional support from that person, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and then I said, like, I asked myself, like, there must be some kind of problem with me. Because in my, my uh, latest friendship, I met this uh, guy at work, and uh, I've always been drawn to people who have some kind of issues and problems. And, mm. uh, this guy at work, he, he was into drugs, and he was trying to quit. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Christian, and he isn't a Christian, and I keep on giving him counseling, you know, and telling him about the dangers of drugs. And it affected, it will affect his family and his uh, family saw the change in his life. And they were really thankful to me that uh, I helped him get off drugs. And my first uh, motivation, uh, my motivation at first was to tell this person about Christ, you know, to uh, draw him closer to God. But then uh, I have noticed that my friendship with him tend to draw me farther and farther from God because I felt like instead of putting God on the pedestal, I put this person on the pedestal. Mm. I put him mm-hmm. first. I, I made him like a priority in my life. Uh, I noticed like at first, I used to tell him about God, 
you know, I gave him Bibles, I gave him reading materials, and I talked about God, and he was always receptive, and then, you know, our friendship really, you know, uh, become, we became really close. But then, as time uh, goes by, I have noticed that I have become more controlling, you know, like, I wanted to know who he was talking to, where he's going, what is he doing, because I fear that he will be drawn back to drugs if I don't keep on monitoring him, you know, and uh, it came to the point that I stopped talking about God to him, you know, I stopped praying for him, you know, like, it seemed like I, I became kind of like obsessed with him that, you know, he he will he will never go back to drugs, and that he will he will have a you know he will think about his future, and then to the point that I tend to cross all boundaries. Like I wanted to know what's going on, like every second of his life. Like, and then he he got so mad, he became resentful that he said, you know, like. Uh, you're obsessed with me, and he noticed that. You know, you're obsessed with me. You know, you're the one who attached to me. Uh, you want me to text you 24-7. You want me to uh, talk to you on the phone 24-7. And if I don't mm -hmm. answer your call, you know, you, you get mad, and then you stop talking to me. Because it happens, you know, like, I get so mad and frustrated, and I was thinking, like, after everything I've done for you, you know, like, uh, I, I said kind of like expectations mm -hmm. that he has, he is obligated to perform. And sometimes I feel like it's unfair on his part because he's been really a good friend, but I try to manipulate him, to control him, instead of, sometimes I feel like instead of me drawing him closer to God, you know, because of my actions, I tend to, you know, like, uh, move him away from God. And and I, I asked God, you know, like, Lord, I wanted to have a friendship with him, you know, like David and and Jonathan, but mm -hmm. it seems that he he finds it now weird, you know, like, like he said, he even said that you're like my girlfriend now, you know, like, it, mm. it seems that you get jealous with uh, everything that's going on, you get so angry if I talk to this person, to that person. So, and then, like, I felt like, you know, everything is affected in my life because every time we have an argument, uh, my job is really affected. Like, I'm taking a, a master's classes, and I just couldn't concentrate on my, uh, my uh, school assignments. Sometimes I, I stop going to work, just feeling sad and bad about it. And then... We uh, reconciled, we became really good friends again, and then uh, after a week or so, I, I will try to control him again, and he feels that, and he distances himself, and then I get mad again, and then I stop communicating with him, and then he would reach out to me again, and then we became good friends, and then, like, today, uh, this week, you know, like, he felt again my control, and I said, like, Lord, this is not good. It, it affects me so much. It's kind of like idolatry. I'm making him my God instead of you and instead of me. 
you know, uh, drawing him closer to you. He's not, he's not, you know, asking about God anymore because I tend to put pressure in his life. You know, like I set expectations in his life that he couldn't meet and I get so angry and resentful at him. And then at the same time, he gets resentful at me. And I, and I said, like, I think it's, it's not healthy anymore for both of us. So I'm thinking, I don't know if I should do it, that I would just cut off the friendship because unless I work on myself, this pattern will just keep on going and going. And I think we're all both exhausted, you know? And I think it's... I, I, I'm really confused about this because mm-hmm. I really treasure our friendship, but somehow I can't trust myself. So I, I'm thinking, shall I cut off this this uh, uh, kind of friendship? Because last time when he got at me, I'm mad at me. He blocked me on all social media. He blocked me on the phone. And then after three days, he started contacting me again. And then now I decided to, you know, when I, I found out that uh, we used to communicate in WhatsApp, and then when I found out that he placed me on uh, archive messages, mm-hmm. my messages won't pop out, I got so mad, and I was thinking, like, I've been very helpful to you. I have never abandoned you whenever you needed help. And this is how you treat me. And I get offended at just some little thing, and he noticed about it. And sometimes you're like, this is weird. You know, like, you're acting like you're my wife. You're acting like, like you know, you're just a friend. And I think, I really don't know, June, if, you know, I should continue this friendship or give it, Time, like I need to work on myself. He needs to work on himself, because I mean, there's nothing, you know, like there's no sexual stuff going on. Mm-hmm. No, but now he thinks that I have some sexual uh, feelings for him when I really don't, because he says that I- I'm kind of giving off that kind of vibe. So, but the problem is now that I'm thinking is, you know, like, if I go back to our friendship, it's like I'm putting him on the pedestal instead of God. Because even my, my worship services, you know, I would, I would, we would text, you know, like, instead of me listening to sermons, I would text him, and then it's getting to the point that it has become unhealthy. Let, let me make a comment here. The issue is not that you don't care or that he doesn't care, but control is another matter. The one who is to be in control of him that he should look to is God himself. And in other words, you you really don't want him to look to you to be his God, to be his controller. And so it helps to, to realize that language. I, there is a marvelous 
few words in the life of David in, in relation to his dearest friend. There was no question. There was an endeared relationship between David and Jonathan. I'm going to read one passage to you. It's 1 Samuel 23, and I'll just say beginning in verse 16. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horish and helped him, listen to this, find strength in God. He helped him not, he wasn't trying to draw him, him, Jonathan, to himself. Or Jonathan wasn't trying to draw David to himself. But in this case, Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David to help him find strength in God. And so you have already been very candid, and I'm very impressed. You're not making excuses. You're acknowledging that it's become, I'm going to use the term, like a sticky friendship that you know is not healthy. And so you're being very candid. You're trying to figure out, now what do I do? I, and I'm going to send you our what we call our keys. These are biblical counseling keys. It's keys for living, but it's on the topic of codependency. And uh, we actually trace the story of, of Jonathan David in our material on, uh, in our keys on friendship. So we've got two different uh, keys that are important. But what I'm saying is I have always loved the fact that it's very clear. It was Jonathan who went to David to help him find strength in God, not pulling him tightly to himself, to Jonathan. And this is when the, the next verse is, don't be afraid. Uh, my father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. He's, in other words, he, he, they, they, you know, Jonathan's father wants to kill him. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. 
Class Hope Together Conference is returning to Allen, Texas this October with leading experts and over 50 ministry training sessions, including crisis and trauma response, lay counseling, marriage and family, mental and emotional health, life coaching, and leadership. Hear from dynamic speakers featuring Nick Vujicic, Taya Kyle, Gary Wilkerson, James Ward, General Bob Dees, Steve Arterburn, Dr. Joshua Straub, Dr. Eric Scalise, and our very own June Hunt. Join a genuine supportive community of like-minded friends and leaders who have answered the call and discover our growing network with year-round support for your ministry needs. Register now at hopetogether.com. That's hopetogether.com. And don't miss the life-changing experience of the Hope Together Conference. listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry. We thank you for that. If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you address your situation. And uh, just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and they'll help you access the resources you need. We have a keys for living that we're recommending tonight called Codependency, Balancing an Unbalanced Relationship. And that number for customer support, again, is 800-488-HOPE. That's 800 488 4673. Maybe you have a question for June. You'd like to um, talk with her about that on the program. Just give us a call at 800 night 17 and we'd be happy to talk with you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. And uh, how well do you know your true identity as a child of Christ? You're worth so much more to Jesus that he died for you. Discover the great riches of your identity in the 31 devotions in this book called Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes and experience the exciting transformation that comes from seeing yourself through the eyes of the God who made you. And it's a, a resource that we send to each night's caller. Again, 31 days at devotional. It'd be uh, great for you to get a hold of that. You can call our customer support team and order yours at 800-488-4673. Well, let's get back to our conversation now with Jim. Well, Jim, I perceive that you are teachable. And that's huge in God's eyes, and it will benefit you hugely in your relationships. One thing that um, about this, I can tell that you have uh, done some reading. Is that right? Reading on codependency. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, in our material, I never will forget how I started. Um, and I'm going to give you an assignment. I normally don't do this, but I think you will want this. I'm, my my assignment yeah. for you is to read our keys on keys open doors. And so keys, I want you to uh, read our keys on codependency, and we subtitle it the need to be needed. Now, I, I start this way: when God gave us His ten. Commandments, he began with these words, You shall have no other gods before me. That's Exodus 20, verse 3. He knew that if we would make our relationship with him the 
top priority. He would bless our lives, and through our other relationships, we would be a blessing to others. The primary problem with codependency is that it violates the very heart of God's first commandment. In a codependent relationship, you allow someone else to take the place that God alone should have in your heart. You allow another person to be your God. And if you have a misplaced dependency, you will have neither peace nor God, nor the peace of God. But if you put the Lord first, living each day dependent on Him, you will have God's peace, even when others are not peaceful toward you. This is one reason God says to us, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. That's Luke 10, verse 27. And so what I'm hearing you say, you have already said many parts in here that highlight what has happened in this relationship. Here was this man, obviously, uh, having a drug dependency, a chemical dependency, and you were useful to God. You were useful to him, and you helped him, and you were talking to him about God. But you slipped into this, oh, instead of you shall have another gods before me, you've let that relationship, and that's based on some uh, need in your life, um, and we could go there and talk about that, but it, it's probably that there is a lack or someone has failed you in the past and it's hurt you and you want to have a solid, um, you're, you're not wanting a sexual relationship, you want to have a solid, uh, caring friendship, uh, one that you can count on. You know, it's like like we talked about the uh, if a butterfly were to land on the palm of your hand, grabbing, you know, taking, a, literally closing your fingers on that butterfly will kill it. And I know that you don't want that, and I'm hearing you don't want this, but you are right that, I mean, are, are you hearing that I'm hearing you? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, what I mean is, are you understand? Are you uh -huh. hearing that I'm understanding you? Yeah, because, yeah. Because yeah. because um, many 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 people deal with this. Now, the relationships can be different. This can be literally in a marriage, a wife excessively, I'll say sometimes help helpless around her husband and the husband he needs his wife to stay helpless because he needs to feel important that type of thing or it, it can be like a student with a teacher the teacher needs the student to stay to stay tied to him or her it could be a um, it can be i've seen it with the parent and child relationship where the parent needs the style the child to stay in need of of pampering uh, it, I've seen it with an employee, employer, uh, a friend to another friend, a counselee 
to a counselor, or the counselor, once the counselee starts getting healthy, healthy and whole, the counselor needs the counselee to stay clinging. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, in other words, this is in all kinds of relationships. Many people don't even know the term codependency, but that's what, what it is. You're just fortunately wise enough to even know the terminology for it. But this is not, um, I, I wish it was rare, rare, but it's not. And yet, to know what the issue is that you're wanting to control the behavior of your friend, you're saying, I don't want him to turn back to addiction. And that's true, but this isn't the way to do it. This, he needs a healthy way, and this is what you, you can tell him. You know, just say, I care about you, and I will always care about you. But what it's dawned on me, I have not handled our relationship in the way that is the most healthy way. And I'm going to be doing some... I'm I'm wanting us to have the healthiest friendship that we can have. Healthy, not clinging, not controlling. And therefore, in order for it to be healthy, I'm I'm going to look at the best way for me to really interact with you. And so what we have and the reason I wanted you to um Help yourself in this way uh, to go through our, and I'm going to send this to you as a gift. This is a gift from our ministry to you. And you will, you will see recovery step number one, recovery step number two, recovery step number three. So I, I think you're going to be very glad. It'll affirm your assessments because you, you've really been clear Instead of just blaming him and you're not doing that, you're seeing that you have overreacted on, you know, just or been over demanding, and then he resents that. So you already know that that doesn't work. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Good. Okay. So I've got some things for you to even write out. You know that that you will it'll it'll help you, and then you know how to regain balance to develop a healthy relationship, and you, for example, it'll be make it your goal to develop uh, an intimate relationship with God, and to form in, interdependent relationships with significant people in your life. And that means you commit to being actively involved in a group Bible study, group prayer, uh, commit to reading God's Word on a daily basis, uh, commit to finding an accountability group if, if you know one, or a, a Christian relationship mentor, a, a person who is aware of of healthy relationships who would be available where you could spend 
some time talking honestly. Uh, it can be a coach to help you in a relationship. That's that's one way to consider it. The Bible says, and I think Hebrews 10 is very clear, let us consider not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. So you do need to be in a healthy uh, church environment, a spirit, they're spiritual growing Christians. And then you you make a plan to say, I, I want to move our, our, this relationship to be mature, mature. And ask God to give you discernment where you are stuck in the relationship development. Um, and if also, it can be helpful if you know someone like who could be a, a mentor for a period of time, who, who really understands um, codependency. Uh, just a wise person to help you identify your true relationship needs. In other words, there's sharing, there's problem solving, listening, um, and and a, a, an accountability group would be if just a few people that you can rely on to say, just would you call my attention to anything? And I, I know several men who are involved in count accountability groups, and they feel it's important that they identify if there is something that one of them could be getting off base with. But these these kinds of groups, they are friends for years and years. Are you in a, any accountability group or not really? No, not, no, not really. Okay, just pray and say, God, I'm willing to be a part of an accountability group. Maybe it's just, a, but you know, people who will really be honest with one another, that could be very relationship. And um, it, it's it's making a vow to be a person of integrity in your thoughts, uh, in your in what you do. And so we have a number of specifics, and you will underline the things that will really fit you. And ultimately, to make mature relationships your highest goal. The Lord will guide you through this. And uh, I'm impressed about your candor, and I'm impressed about your goals. We will send the keys for living called codependency, balancing an unbalanced relationship. And we'll send that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep this program on the air and to keep those resources going out, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. We appreciate the help there. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.